food. I'll, Second breakfast. Yeah, I'll I'll bite. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, the tower has inertial dampeners. Yes. <laughs> the tower is the newest uh, category in Mass Effect Andromeda slash Elite Dangerous. Um, so uh, he brings you all the way to the bottom, uh, and then you exit to find yourself on a plateau that you saw yourself heading towards. Um, this is a plateau that is uh, sort of waving grass on it, sort of high grass. Um, but there is uh, a stand of trees not very far, and you are thousands and thousands and thousands of feet up. This mountain is very high, and in fact, it's even a little bit hard for you guys to breathe up here. Like, it's uh, the air is a little thin, um, so you're kind of like, whoa. I mean, it's not like where you're going to pass out, but you definitely feel it. It will be hard to run here. Um, but it's also the air, having said that, although it's thin, it's clean. There is no pollution from smithies or anything like that up here. I mean, this is, this is like fresh air. It's just less of it than you're used to. Um, but there's fresh air. And so he, um, starts, uh, not striding, but again, floating ahead of you. And he says, well, come on. I don't know how long the breakfast will last with our other guests attending. <laughs> Other guests. So, Zephyros. As you say you... this, the two you hear, Caw! and um, you see Claws and uh, Squawker flying over your heads from the top, like basically outpacing Zephyros to whatever this grove of trees is. So, yes. And then he's, he says, uh, as, you're, as he's moving, are you moving with him? Are you like, he's uh, moving pretty slowly. So are you going uh, to try to catch up with him or? I'll, I'll move with him. Back? Okay. I'll move with him, but I want to ask him, can he tell us more about this breakfast nook? Why, certainly. It is a place that I have used now for many decades. It has several things to recommend it. First, it has a natural spring, water which is always fresh, something which I find I sometimes need. Oh, I could magically create water, but there's nothing like the real water of a spring to make me feel rejuvenated and refreshed. And, of course, the other feature of this is a number of flat rocks that are well suited for the breakfast that I have provided for you. Okay. Lead the way. <laughs> and so he continues to float, you know, forward. Uh, and you guys, you follow him. Are Greta and Selsig, are you guys bringing up the rear? Are you following him? Yep. Yep. Well, okay. So you guys, so he brings you uh, through the waving grass and everything, and eventually uh, you find yourself at this um, this grove of trees, which you see now is basically one set of trees, which look as if they have been planted here, not just naturally occurring, because they are ringing this area. And in the center of it is indeed this spring, but there are stone steps which descend from the plains into the spring, and you can see the spring uh, is is there, um, and there is also a, uh, there's several stone, what look like basins around it, and then you've got a stone, a couple of stone tables, a number of little flat stone tables there, and uh, you smell this wonderful smell um, from this, all of you do, it is the smell of cooking, if you had to guess, it would be maybe sausage, Maybe there's some eggs in there. You think there might be some, uh, we might be getting some pancakes going on here. Something like that. But there is a delicious breakfasty smell. And it seems to be coming from one of the flat rocks. Okay. I start speeding up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now more interested. 
Uh, you see that um, Squawks, uh, Squawker and uh, Claws are now arrayed around one of the other tables and are tearing into something. Um, you don't know what, but you're guessing it's very similar to what Beaky was dropping at you before, Selsig. They seem to be enjoying their breakfast such as it is. Um, and uh, you try not to look and see if it's still squirming as they tear into it. You're not 100% sure if it's dead. You hope so. Um, but the other table uh, does not have this. And it's, it's, a, it's, a large ta- it's a large table for you, but it's big enough that, Orash, you could probably stand at it if you wish. And there are several mm. huge benches or at least it looks like that, rock formations of some kind. But again, it looks like they've been placed here by somebody. And it looks like um, they're at the right height so that if Selsig and Greta could get up there, which I won't make you do a check for, um, they you could sit around the table there. Um, and then on the other side of it is um, a very low-to-the-ground bench. And as uh, Zephyros gets over there, he kind of lowers himself, almost like uh, as if you were in a Japanese restaurant, right? And you were sort of lowering yourself under the very low bench but below a low table. That's what it looks like. So he sticks his legs out, and they're basically underneath this table like he's a little kid, right, at a kid's table. And he's in front of this massive plate of like what looks like... 15 omelets. I mean, like, it's just this ridiculous and this massive pancake and something. You can't tell what's some kind of meat. And then there are smaller plates that have been set for each of you. I definitely sit at the table. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just... Get up. It, it, it's just polite. It's just polite. I get there. Okay. I just fill my face. Mm-hmm. I okay. have no social graces about this. I will just start eating. <laughs> I am always curious to see the way that younger races consume food. I find it endlessly fascinating. You do have so much physical connection to it, don't you? He says his Urash has got, like, egg everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, meanwhile, uh, Greta, as you're watching, you see that um, he has what looks like a large fork, like giant-sized fork, which is picking up eggs, but he's not holding it. The fork, like, lifts up eggs from the plate and then floats to his mouth. And then he eats it and then comes back out and floats back down. And he says, hmm, delicious. I always find griffin eggs to be the best taste of all. And then he looks at all of you and he says, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I wouldn't do something like that. These are only the best basilisk eggs. <laughs> and then he eats basilisk. He continues to eat these eggs. And they certainly smell delicious. <laughs> I go to, to uh, and say, does this mean we're going to turn to stone? I'm not sure, but I... Yeah, Urash, these are delicious. Weren't there, weren't there sausages? I, I'm looking for the sausages. There are indeed sausages of some kind. It's some kind mm. of links of some particular meat, although you don't really know what kind of meat. Um, but there, there definitely is... They're there. I, I'm, I'm going with that. I'm okay. trying a bit of everything. So the, this meat is um, wonderfully, there's a spice to it, uh, like a little bit of a, a spice, a kind of a snap. The outer skin is crunchy. Um, as you are eating it, it is like, this is no joke, good sausage. This feels like this sausage is super, hey. super fresh, like super delicious, filling, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jedi. I mean, so delicious. The juice just squirts out, and it's like just delectable, and just cooked at the right temperature, and it's everything. <laughs> so, yes, I think I've I think I've emphasized that enough. So, um, okay, we get it. It's nice food. Okay, <laughs> and also the eggs. Yeah, so it's uh, delicious. Um, and Zephyros continues to eat from his plate. Um, so and as you guys, I have. Yeah, go ahead. 
I have no problem consuming whatever this is and wherever this came from. So if my learned friends wish to ask questions about this, they, uh, yeah, go right ahead. Um, 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 um. Now I've got a pretty good plate face. going on. I've got, you know, I've got the sausage. I've got egg. Uh, some omelets mentioned. A couple of pancakes on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Is that all? I just <laughs> want to make sure that you. Yeah, I just want to make sure that you guys were okay. So you're good. All right. Yeah. So you're just no, you're I'm, just eating I'm, away. I'm just stuffing my face. I don't care what this is. I don't care where this came from. Okay. I don't care who made it. No, at least not yet. Anyway, I'm starving. <laughs> so, do you like my breakfast nook? He says. Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure. I love bringing the younger races here. This is, of course, completely inaccessible. There is a sheer drop of thousands of feet around each side of this plateau. But here in my comfortable little breakfast nook, we can eat like kings. <laughs> <laughs> you say you like bringing the smaller races here, so you've brought somebody here before us? Well, I wish I could have. You see, I, I built many of these things to welcome the younger races, but they never wanted to come with me. They all were frightened and screamed and ran away. Um, so you're really the first ones here, uh, and I'm glad you enjoy it. I, I made these benches to be specially designed for your height. Uh, and of course, uh, the trees are for your protection as well. Uh, I remember planting those. When was it now? Eighty years ago, perhaps, as saplings. And uh, they've grown up to be wonderful guardians of my breakfast nook. Guardians? Yeah. Anybody? Anybody taking that one? <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Guardians? <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> yes. They are, of course, uh, not movable guardians, but they do a good job of protecting from the prying eyes of a dragon or a periton or a wyvern, anything that ah. might be found here. That's all that I mean. They are certainly not living trees, my friend. <laughs> but wait, what a brilliant idea. My friend Selsig, what a, what a brilliant idea. If I made these not trees, but dryads, imagine how much better the nook would be. We would have waiters, waitresses, perhaps even a large, bark-covered mater d. The possibilities are endless. And he sort of goes off and he stands up and he's got, uh, again, the staff. Every time you see the staff, it's like you don't see it until he does something with it and it's just there. This happens all the time. And he's like walking around and you see him start tracing in the air what looks like maybe a plan, like the inside plan of a ha- like a building or something. And then on the inside of it, he's like putting things and he's drawing something in giant, but he's making what looks like a very crude drawing of like women with a tree head. And he's like, Question mark, question mark. And then he puts next to it like a couple of men with tree heads and he's like, underlines, question mark, question mark. Like he's scanning something out. Uh, I think dryads like it more in the woods. So I don't think that these trees will suffice. So you that are might correct. be a bigger project. Yes, you're right. What I need to do is create a grove of trees. That would be wonderful. The dryad's own grove of trees. They would be safe, protected, and would enjoy themselves frolicking or whatever it is that dryads do until we came, and then they could help us with the breakfast nook. This is wonderful. 
I can see the possibility for timeshares. There's so many possibilities with this place. Yes. Yes. I am so of grateful course. to all of you. You have such wonderful ideas. Um, and he continues to sort of do his thing. You notice by this point, by the way, that Claus and, uh, uh, and Squawker have now completed their meal, um, which seems to have involved about three or four large bites for each of them. Um, and uh, now are sort of, they seem to be butting beaks, like banging into each other. Um, and he looks over at them and he says, Oh, now, please go and play outside my breakfast nook, you two. And they kind of look at him and tilt their heads and then, Graw! and then they take to the air and they're sort of flying around and kind of bonking into each other. But it obviously doesn't seem very serious. Um, and uh, he says, well, my friends, we should probably be on our way here soon. Uh, it is a very, I think, safe journey from here to Brinchander, but one can never tell. Do you have any questions for me, though, before we depart? It is not always that I have the chance to eat with the younger races in my breakfast nook. In fact, it's never that I'm able to do that until now. So, so I'm I've finished my meal and it was delicious. Uh, picking bits of egg out of my teeth and eating them, I was like, "So, did you did you create this place?" He says, "Yes. Well, not the plateau, but it was I who laid down the dirt." who caused the grass to grow. It was I who planted the trees, who brought the stone table and the stone benches. It was I who brought all of these things because, well, I wanted to provide something nice for the younger races. I'm so glad someone can share that with me now. Have you never shared it with anybody before? Well, no. You see, the, the giants think that I'm... Well, not all there, I suppose. And the younger races never go with me anywhere because they just want to run away and scream. So uh, it's nice to have you here, uh, able to do this. I I'm glad to see this get some use. Uh, perhaps you can spread the word and let people know that not all giants are, well, frightening. Well, that might be difficult at the moment while people are dropping boulders on people, but we'll try our best. Good. I hope that we can get past this little unfortunate unpleasantry. After all, what could be intimidating about someone like me? <laughs> and as he says this, like, ha ha ha, like the wind, you know, the, the grass blows slightly from his breath. And the gri even the griffins up there like, Wah! like as they're flying around. Um, and yeah. It's, it's all a matter of getting to know each other. Indeed. So, when you are ready to go, please let me know, and we will depart, of course. So, looking for King Hecaton up there in Icewind Dale, what kind of hints do we have? Where should we turn to? Do you know anything? I know only that he has a family. There are three other storm giants, his daughters. Um, he loved them dearly, I know. And I imagined at some point he wished for them to inherit this kingdom. But I know nothing, and frankly have not been able to discover, who runs the kingdom now. Whoever it is, they're not doing it particularly well. But one of Hecaton's daughter is in charge. I'm almost certain of that. Um, what else can I say? Well, except that there are always political questions. 
intrigues, people who wish to be the leader of the ordning and those who wish to bring it low so they can be the ordning. So, do you suspect... Sorry. So, do you suspect that the three daughters know where King Hecaton is? I do not know. In truth, I am not even certain if the three daughters are still alive. You see, I have not been able to find any news of their whereabouts either. They may be in the original court of the king, but I have not wanted to fly that way. As I say, the giants, well, some of them do not appreciate my understanding of other races besides them. It is conceivable they would see my tower and decide that it would be best to, well, shoot it down out of the air rather than allow it to come to them. I would prefer not to spend my time warding off their attacks. It's why I wanted to see if there was a way that I could set things to right, so I could go back to the court and see the great throne of the king. But I have not been able to do so. Whether his daughters are there, ruling in his place, whether they have died, whether no one is in the throne, and we are all at anarchy, I am at a loss to say. So we should have a look at that throne, I guess. I suppose if you can find your way to it, but, well, the truth is it moves places. Okay. How do you mean? Uh, the throne room and the castle itself are not always in the same place. Through a series of magical spells, none of them cast by me, but my mentor who taught me was involved with it, um, the castle is able to shift from place to place. My guess, my friends, is that you will need to gather some information before you can find where the castle is going to appear next. And moreover, it's probably, although you are wonderfully clever and have such wonderful potential, if I may say so, you are a little uh, small to be taking on giants at this stage. I might suggest you try to gain some knowledge and wisdom as you are doing your search, Asking questions of where the giants might be is a good start, but you must also build yourselves, become stronger, more powerful, and even more clever and courageous than you already are, which is considerable, of course, if you wish to face the giants. Um, as I say, you will not always be able to rely on their beneficence. Most of them are, many of them are cruel and some cold. There are only a few who see the true value of all of you wonderful little people. Yeah, I totally agree that fighting giants might not be a good idea. Wow, no, yeah. Right, everybody, <laughs> right. Rush, right. I like, I like how Rush right there was just like, yeah, wow, uh, that's, <laughs> like, he's got like, oh, yeah, that that's, wow. that's crazy, like. Um, yeah, yeah. Who, who'd want to? Who'd want a fire giant? Uh, it's crazy talk. Mm. <laughs> Good. Indeed. Yeah. I'm so, glad we agree. Uh, mm -hmm. So, um, yes. But he. Uh, so he gives you some more information about um, some of uh, the things that are in the area. Basically, the problem you you have with him is that his knowledge seems to be like decades outdated. So he can tell you about stuff that happened like sixty years ago or whatever it was when he went nuts. 
um, but he can't really tell you anything that happened in the intervening time. He makes lots of references to sparkly lights and funny music and strange smells, and then he giggles a little bit. Um, that's pretty much what he remembers of that time. But on the other side of it, um, he doesn't really know, and since he's been clear of it over the last few years, um, he hasn't been able to track down anything of what happened to the old court, except using his magic, he can tell that there's definitely conflicts happening among and between the giants out there. Good. Okay, do we know the names of the daughters? Um, and he uh, he thinks about it, um, and he says, "Oh yes." In echoes, he says, "Oh yes." Uh, what were they? Well, I think they were named. What was their name? One of them might have been Mirin. It might have been Mirin. Mirror, mirror, mirren? Something like that. There's an M and an R and an N in it somewhere, I know that. And then, of course, there was Nim, and, of course, the king's favorite of all, Princess Sarissa. What a lovely child she was. She was the one who was closest to the king's mother. Queen Neri was dearly in love with the younger races. She was the one who told me the importance of respecting others as we respect ourselves. It was through her that I learned to understand the significance of those smaller than myself. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you. Hmm. Okay. okay. So, what's next? So, um, he, uh, so he says, um, We are, I imagine at this point, probably several days, I would say perhaps two days, before we arrive at Bryn Shander. We will not be able to stop again, so whatever food we take with us is the food that we will use uh, in the tower. And I have some extra food that I can provide to you all. Um, some pieces of jerky. Um, what kind of it is? Uh, let's see. Might be periton jerky or hippocrif or maybe wyvern leg. I don't remember. But anyway, we have some uh, that you'll be able to consume. And also, of course, I have heard that some of you are what they call vegetarians and he says this with like great reverence like vegetarians (laughs) Uh, my understanding although I don't have it totally right is that you worship carrots and radishes and heads of lettuce as gods is that right (laughs) absolutely 100% your knowledge is as Huge as your generosity. Ah, I just, I, I just shrug. I, I, I elbow, I elbow Celsic. Celsic, no. I, I always no. knew it. Right? I, I no. have tried to make these, put these heads of lettuce in honored positions. I don't really understand how you demonstrate um, your respect for your god by eating images of him, but I don't fully understand all the younger races' religions. There is another no, one. No. That, no, uh, no, no. Cel- Celtic was re- misrepresenting that, or maybe he knew some very strange vegetarians. But vegetarian just doesn't. Man, elf wants. Oh. You, just, you can't just go around and lie to people. Well, there was and- there was one little person once, one member of the younger race, who spent a great deal of his time telling me about these vegetables. In fact. He was the only one I ever encountered who didn't run from me screaming. I tried to ask him to come with me, but instead he kept telling me about the reasons I should eat only vegetables. And he kept saying that I should avoid eggs, too. He had some odd name for it. It was sort of like 
Vigo or Vigan or something, and he kept telling me that I would never be a true and real and good person unless I learned to act exactly like him. He was very forward for a vegetable worshipper. I don't really know why. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible disease. Hmm. Well, in any case, I have some of those vegetables for you. Uh, and he basically tells you that he's got vegetables and, you know, different things that he's got and also fresh water as well. The, the elf is a vegetarian. He can explain it to you next time. <laughs> I cannot wait. Your friend seems very silent over there. He hasn't moved or indeed stirred since we began our journey. Or indeed got on the bed or rested or anything. I assumed it was an elvish thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. coming down his mouth. I assume so as well. I assume so too. Uh, he's, so he, he kind of looks down at him and he says, Well, you don't suppose he's angry with me, do you? No. I haven't violated no. some terrible... No, oh, no, 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 good. no. I would not want to is this, insult him. He's just a quiet temperament. All right, that's good. He he seems to be you very mysterious. A, you could say he's in another place at the moment. <laughs> oh, really? His, his mind is wandering. I see. Yes, I, I did actually, last night when I was asleep down on the first floor, I, I did actually hear someone making some sound, and it, it sounded something like, bits of eight, but I didn't understand what it meant. I just assumed maybe, it was a dream. Maybe he's dreaming of pirates. Ah, so. no doubt. Elves are fragile, he'll get better. Um, yes, so so he says all of this, and uh, he, says, uh, he says, I must tell you, of course, one other thing, my friends. All joking aside, when we arrive at Bryn Shander, and I place you down to fend for yourselves. I will not be able to stay around, you realize. I will have to be off on my journeys again. I certainly will return at some point, but if I am to attend to Wait, the town of Nightstone, and if I am attend to try to find my own information about what has happened to the giants, I cannot stay here, especially since the people of the Ten Towns have a tendency to, again, scream and run away. So... I must ask you to be careful, and to use your wits, of which you have so many, as you are proceeding on this journey. How can we call upon you when we have found some information, or if we need you? Well, I will make sure to check in upon you when I can. I have the ability to scry upon you magically. And I suppose if you are somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you could, of course, shout my name at the top of your lungs. Perhaps if I'm in the area, I could come to help you. All you need to do is simply shout, Zephyros! And he says this thing like, Zephyros, 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 Zephyros. Like it echoes out of the, uh, you know, out into the hills, the reverberate hills. And um, the griffins, one of them, uh, actually... Um, its uh, claws kind of was like raw and squawker takes the moment to like bash uh claws in the stomach and claws like Pool! like has the wind knocked out and falls <laughs> and then claws like shakes its head raw! and is like kind of looking at uh, Zephyrosh like a little sort of troubled or irritated um so yes um okay good um yeah, then, um, if if possible, I would like to to have a moment alone for my um, prayers, and then certainly I'll be back at the tower. Certainly, 
Um, don't forget to take any of the food you wish with you. Uh, I believe they call that, uh, what is it, a basilisk bag, I believe? Uh, think whatever you can bring. Feel free to bring it with you. And he stands up and, uh, you know, not strides, but drifts off. Um, and uh, after a bit of hesitation, the griffins follow him, kind of, uh, you know, fl- you know, flying casually. I'll just start packing meat into my backpack and okay. jerky and foodstuffs. Okay. So uh, you can do that. There's a lot of food. Um, a lot of it also is fresh, Urash. So as you're just throwing it into the sack, you're like pancakes, eggs. Like you, you are creating essentially like the breakfast stew mix. Like it's sack of breakfast. I'm, you just wanna... I'm now basically carrying a second stomach. A second stomach, right. It's a sack of breakfast. Like if need be. Or yeah. Rash invents the breakfast burrito. It's a breakfast yeah, bag. And as you look, you can actually see, like, Greta can actually see what looks like maybe it's a little bit of sriracha sauce dripping out from the bottom. I mean, there's something. Like, you don't you don't know entirely, but there's there's some food ah, drifting. Squidge. Just a touch. Just a, just a little yeah. smidgen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I I wrapped some some stuff up in the in, into a, a few pancake rolls, and um, then I just find a sunny place and do my <coughs> devotions. Okay. Um, sounds good. It is a wonderfully uh, quiet place up here. Uh, you are completely undisturbed. Celsic, what are you doing as this is happening? Orash has got a sack of breakfast. What are you doing, Celsic? I'm filling up a sack of breakfast as well. Oh, a second. Okay, <laughs> so you have two sacks of breakfast. But mostly um, just focusing on the meat so I don't end up with a stew. Okay, right. So you're focusing <laughs> on that. Yeah, not, not so much with the scrambled eggs. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, you do that. Takes you grab a lot of food. Suppose. Yes, exactly. Um, you, uh, and you grab the food and uh, take it with you. Um, and Greta, as you, you continue to pray, sort of, you know, gather your devotion, uh, you do feel the, the light of hope. Maybe it's the light of this place. Maybe it's the, uh, presence of Sephiroth, the friendly, if slightly addled, uh, cloud giant, but you feel yourself somewhat inspired by the possibilities of what could happen. Not inspired mechanically. Don't get too excited, but inspired. Um, so, uh, I had something so, I to do as well. Exactly. Um, I, so are you heading back to... Are you guys heading back to the tower? Can I can I also pray to Tempest to wish us safety in our in our future endeavors? How, how's that prayer go? He goes, "Dear Tempest, please wish us safety in our future endeavors." <laughs> it's a very simple ahead. <laughs> Dear Tempest, signed. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I imagine it being like finds you well, Crom. You know, like um, okay. So you do that. <laughs> you also you feel guide, guide my axe and keep my skin free from cleaving wounds. And whether it's that or it's the connection to uh, your your own, you know, the food that you just had, you feel definitely satisfied and comfortable, and you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Yay, Tempest. Yes, uh, very much the case. Um, okay, so you guys start making your way back to uh, then the tower. Um, you guys climb into the tower, and uh, it takes off again. And the next day or so passes relatively uneventfully. Um, and uh, Zephyros seems very pleased with the progress of affairs. Um, and there, you know, you're flying along below you. The mountains um, you begin to see are getting higher as you get closer. You can feel sometimes you uh, sort of ask Zephyros to let the windows drop just a little bit so you can feel the wind outside. And when you do that, first of all, there's an incredible rushing of wind, but also you feel the wind is definitely the temperature is dropping. You know, it's getting colder than it used to be. Um, also, hi to Hillness and hello to Kilgore Trout. It's getting colder than it used to be. Um, and, uh, as you are on the way along, you're sort of flying along, flying along, and on, uh, about midday of the second day, 
you uh, spot in the distance. You are all sort of looking at various things. Selsig, uh, you've kind of, you know, you're kind of hanging out sort of towards not quite near Beaky. You know, Beaky is sort of like <laughs> hanging out, like looking at you still with interest. Greta, uh, you have taken the liberty of trying to do some organizing of the food which Urash brought, which is not a very possible solution, but, you know, you're doing what you can. Um, and Urash, you're actually the one who, as you look out the glass, you see on this day of your journey, Nine very thin and lightly armored humans who are riding giant vultures. They, um, and as they, you see them sort of flapping their wings. And as you look at them, you see um, one of them, uh, as it gets close, has this horned helm. And uh, it, as it's going towards the glass, points directly at the tower. Um, And it lets out a call. And as it does so, all nine of the vultures turn and fly directly to the tower. 